so today I feel like I failed the listeners. Uh-huh. I just need to come clean. I just need to need to go get out with it. Yesterday, my fiance and I got really excited, and we were gonna bake focaccia bread. We saw a video about how fun and easy it was. Mm-hmm. And we were like, yes, let us do that. And then we found the written version of said recipe. And it said prove for eight hours in the middle and then prove for another six after that. And we lost <laughs> all we lost all excitement. I will just purchase my focaccia bread at the store. I I was going to bring a fresh baked bread for yeasty boys. And the uh, the the act of proving defeated me. You proved you are not up to the task. It's true. So uh, up there, all of you, um, there's probably not a yeasty boys this week. I don't know if Cameron has any. Not really. But this is the um, the in, in, in memoriam of this week's yeasty boys. Mm-hmm. It's not gone forever. We still haven't gotten babka. Yeah, gone but not forgotten. But it will be back. Trailer Park Media com- Group. This I changed company to group. It's fine. This is Boy Meets World Fever. I'm one of your hosts, Chance. I'm your other host, Cameron. I don't want to redo it. I make mistakes, and I'm okay with. He's it. a real person, people. Yeah, just like the focaccia incident. Just like the focaccia. he makes mistakes. If you prick his finger, does he not bleed? Do you? I, don't I hope know. you do. I don't know. I'd be concerning if you didn't. Um, but we're not alone today. We have a guest with us. Mm-hmm. A very important the, guest. Yeah, a three-timer. Mm-hmm. You're in the three-timer club now, which means you got to get us a gift. We oh. forgot to tell you beforehand. Um, we we always wait to spring that on people I, before. I already know what I'm going to get you. I've got it all figured out. Oh, perfect. Well, you've heard yeah. his voice. I'm sure you know who he is instantly because um, he's a third-time guest. But here he is, <laughs> my, my brother-in-law <laughs> and love. Luke Garrison. Because <laughs> it's Luke Garrison. Luke Garrison. Coming on our show. Boy Meets World Fever. It's what he's doing. It's good to know I got friends who will always podcast with me. Because it's Luke Garrison. Woo! Yeah! Welcome. <laughs> Welcome, Luke. Thank uh, you. Thank you for having me back yet again. I, every time you ask me to come back on the show, I feel like I really accomplished something in the previous show because you want me to come back and do another one. So, yeah, you're like our up close. You're the you're the finder yeah. of the secret. Yeah, we're finding. We're always looking. So I don't know. Luke there was wasn't really a lot of first guests. Was he our mm-hmm. first? He might have been our first guest. Really? I guess I could I use my phone real mm-hmm. quick just to find that's out. A, that's a quick, easy discovery. Let's see here. Uh-huh. Oh, and the poll did come back. We will be keeping the old logo. So it wasn't until season two. Yeah. We have have so many episodes. We do. Why? What have we done? (laughs) Why does anyone want to listen to us? Um, Luke, episode 14, Brummie's World, episode 16. Yeah. Luke was our first guest. Look at you. Wow. Our first guest and our most recent guest. Now I feel like you should buy me a gift. That's it. Ooh. The first gift, the first guest gift. Oh, the first guest gift. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, or a gif. A gif would even be good. Or yeah, we'll a gif. Is it a gif or a gif? In this house, we say gif. I say gif. I've yeah. always said gif, too. It does, gif doesn't make any sense to me. The worst part no. 
or not the worst, but a very sad thing is the creator of the GIF recently passed away. But every single like tweet I saw about it, every single article, it was just a still image of the guy. <laughs> it's like, is this how we honor this man who gave us such a great gift? <laughs> is to just put a still picture of him. It's true. Oddly, there weren't many gifts of Mr. Gif. Yeah. Really, he made he made what Harry Potter only imagined, or what uh, the Harry Potter author only imagined a reality with the gif. You think about it. Oh, moving pictures, like, mm-hmm. that wasn't a thing. It's yeah, true. could you just imagine, like, Take that Dumbledore. Arthur Weasley <laughs> discovering that someday, and he's just like, those madmen, they figured it out. <laughs> just look at them, and he, like, cries. Can we have just a, openly weeps like look what look what they've done? Can we it's have so a beautiful. quick aside, real quick? Can we just like table this and move to the side for just a minute? Uh huh. They came out with another Fantastic Beast movie. I don't think it's out yet. I don't care. It's like coming out. I feel like yeah. I feel like yeah. I feel like it's it's very close. They they're dropping reviews like crazy. But like it's been four years since the last not very good one. Warner Brothers has latched on and they're just milking it. What are what are we doing with this? I mean, I thought it was dead. Yes, not. I'm just, I saw that. She's got a little magic left, but that's magic. That was good. Right. I did watch yeah. the reunion that was on HBO Max and it was really good. Yeah. But I mean, that's not a whole new movie. That was like a trip down memory lane. Mm-hmm. I want to say, was it 2019 or 2018 when the Grindelwald one came out? I don't know. I never have seen any of those movies. The the, the first two are very. The first, I I actually I think that I liked I liked the first one. The second one, I didn't really know where it was going. Um, and then Johnny Johnny Depp appeared for some reason, and I was trying to figure that out. Um, but what I understand is that the third one, from what everybody's saying, the the new Grindelwald is much better than Johnny Depp was as Grindelwald. So. Isn't it Mads Mikkelsen? I think Mads Mikkelsen took over. Yeah, I I literally learned like three days ago this was coming out. I was like, why though? Yeah, I've learned since COVID. You don't really know anything's coming out. It just does. Or you're like, oh, I heard years ago that that was coming out. Mm -hmm. Like my son started reading this book series called The Bad Guys, which is like about these. Right. Like the big bad wolf and like a piranha and a snake and a shark. They're trying to go straight. Right. Um, and they're cute. They're fun. They're fun. He likes them. That movie looks great. Yeah. Uh, but they're making a movie. Um, and I feel like it's been years that I've heard them say that there's a movie coming out and it's finally coming out because everything I was, I was reading. I was reading something the other day that said since COVID, they've changed the process of their media packaging. Like it used to be that you would get a, you would get a preview drop. And it would come out, you know, a year before something would come out. And they're not doing that anymore. It's like a couple of months. And then all of a sudden the preview drops and you've got just a short period of time to figure out what you're going to do in the midst of that. And I mean, it's just because theaters have been closed and everything else. They just haven't. It's it's an odd thing that they, I don't know, the attention span apparently is shorter. I don't really, it's not a lot of buildup anymore. So yeah, a hoopla. Maybe they're trying. I mean, they were already trying to make movies more of an event. I do hear that. Um, oh, that multiverse movie, not Marvel. But... Oh, the Everywhere All at Once. Yeah, I hear, I hear that's, that's really good. good. It has our I haven't seen that teacher one. from uh, Boss Mode or Boss Level or uh, whatever yes, it that's does, called. It does have the Which isn't her most famous role, you know, like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and <laughs> no, other no, no. big movies. Boss Level, the movie we reviewed for Time of the Day. It has been interesting that the, the Hollywood push toward multiverse and kind of the you know every everybody seems to be going there now. It's kind of like a new hot thing, right? The community like, started it all. I, I I feel like no community did. 
they brought it into the mainstream and all the writers of community wrote for Marvel movies. So they're like, Oh, we've got experience. What happened was, I think that what happened was the big, the big bang theory. Community. It was, it was the big bang theory, the big bang theory. They all taught us what the multiverse actually was string theory and some of the other things to a point where they realized, Oh wait, they can actually latch on to this. And then it was like, okay, we're going to throw it into Marvel, which has been doing it for years and years, you know, in comic books, only comic book people know. Um, but uh, it's just a way that you, they can kill off all characters and still have them exist. It's great. I've known about the multiverse since I was three and read a Flash comic. So, <laughs> Crisis on Infinite Earths. Well, Crisis on Infinite Earths. But I have I, read, it wasn't the actual issue. It was a copy of the issue where like the Flash and... Meets the Flash. Meets the Flash for the very first time. Jay Garrick yeah. and Barry Allen. I, they, now they did that in Ninja Turtles, I think too, in the 19... Uh, in the 1980s version of Ninja Turtles into the 90s where they had like, well, I think they did it in there. There was a movie. I watched it. Gosh, I I feel like it was in 2010. Because it was like a long time ago, but it wasn't that long ago. Where like the current Turtles met the 80s Turtles. And then like other versions of the Turtles showed up. And it it was a fun movie. I don't remember much about it. I do remember that they made a joke about the original Turtles and like, we all wear red headbands. Like, but then how do you tell each other apart? We don't need marketing. <laughs> well, and they, and they did it again in the, in the, well, I guess it would be the 2000 series or the 2010, ser- 2010 series of uh, the animated uh, Nickelodeon Ninja Turtles where they, the, they went back and they saw the turtles from the eighties. Like oh, it, it was a dimensional fun. thing. Crane took them back in some weird way so yeah, you check that episode out that was kind of fun what Maybe i was what, referencing was definitely a movie i don't remember it was like an animated movie but i have no idea mm-hmm. <clears throat> it might be the same thing i don't know i have not kept up with the turtles sadly even though i still love them uh this no. is just a pop culture podcast mm-hmm. um <laughs> podcast <laughs> gonna say <laughs> uh i'm not gonna lie to you it's because i don't want to talk about this oh i like <laughs> this episode a I, lot i know yeah. i know you guys are gonna like this episode a lot I hated this episode, mm. and I I knew that this was gonna I was it was gonna be an unpopular opinion. It is, but yes, boo boo on you. No boo on you. You're you're eaters. You're eaters. <laughs> I liked one part of this episode, so I guess we should talk about it because it's gonna be a controversial one. I I enjoyed it. Chance can leave. I'll do this with Luke. No. I- I did. I actually enjoyed. I enjoyed it a lot too. It was actually one of the. I, I actually think it's one of the funnier. I mean, in this in this season, I think it's one of the funnier episodes. Well, it's got a lot of good, a lot of good one-liners. I knew I would be in the minority. I was like, this episode probably resonates with some people. It does not resonate with. Me. I don't think it so much resonated with me as I was just like, oh, this is good. Like they did a good job. I disagree. We'll get into. <laughs> you can disagree. We'll get into. And you can go to hell. Sorry. <laughs> We'll get into it. I knew it would be an unpopular opinion, but I don't want to talk about this episode. Anyway, I'm going to synopsize it. Fine. So what we have here is the best episode of Boy Meets World ever written. (laughs) (laughs) And in it... Just hit him. Alan and Eric are playing basketball, and Corey wants to play. And Alan's like, no, I'm too tired. And Corey ends up getting a kerfuffle. And Corey ends up knocking him down. um, And that's the inciting incident. And... Um, yeah, Corey just kind of feels like he doesn't have a relationship with his father because he does all the activities with Eric and he just talks with Corey. Um, so they try to remedy that. And then Eric feels like Corey has the relationship with Alan and all Alan wants to do with him is just do stuff and hang out. Um, and at the same time, um, 
Jack and Sean share a room and hilarity ensues and wrestling. I, I will agree that in the Jack and Sean share a room, there is hilarity that ensues. That's really good. <laughs> Uh, wish we had a lot more of that and a lot less of all the other crap. Oh, I think it's it's wonderful. <laughs> the airplane scene is so good. I would have rather watched a scene of Jack recording Sean in his sleep <laughs> than watching watch Alan get two pep talks. You know, sometimes you need a pep talk. Sometimes you need two pep talks. I, I like the first pep talk. It's funny. We'll get that. <laughs> we'll get anyway. That. Let's dive in. We're diving in. We're going deep. All right. So like I said, to start off the episode, Eric and Alan are playing basketball on a new set. I don't know where the garage is in their house. Yeah. We really need to figure out exactly where the garage is. Do we? Let me just look. I, I was going to, I didn't even catch you. I mean, that was a good catch right there. And I'm, you know, I was supposed to be the guy that spots these things, but I didn't even catch the fact that they were. I mean, I'm going to, it's not, it wouldn't be Feeney's house, would it? I mean, they were using the garage at Feeney's. Yeah, so it, I've got a picture pulled up of the house, and I don't, well, but you see, the garage has to face the behind the house, uh-huh. because right. Feeney can see what happens. Right. So they're like, but where do they pull their car up? Could Feeney have been in his own front yard? Maybe. And spotted this from while well, he no, was because they're gardening. backyard neighbors, so... Right. How would he have seen? Oh, that's a good point. No, yeah, yeah, that's not that makes sense. Well, actually, they're side yard neighbors, aren't it's they? It's side yard neighbors. Yes, you're right. They yeah. are side. Well, no, because we're looking at their front door, and it goes through the living room into the kitchen to the back door, and behind that is Feeney's house. But we know if you face the camera from that set, you see the road. The camera. I've always, here. I'd always thought the fourth, the fourth wall would have been the 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 front yard, the street. Your fourth wall would have been uh, where the well, I. I mean, the front door would open, would come in on the side, but uh, but that your fourth wall would face the road. Yeah, yeah, that's what I think too. Deeply troubled in my spirit. <laughs> I almost kind of think that the back door in their living room goes straight out to the garage. I could see that. Maybe, maybe the garage faces like directly behind their house, which would be a weird hmm. design. Not uncommon. My aunt and uncle, they live in uh, the Dallas area. And their garage is in the back of their house. And to get to their garage, you go down like an alley. And it's just all garages for every house in the neighborhood. Which I actually kind of would like that explanation. Because that explains why they do everything in the side yard and not the backyard. Mm -hmm. Because... There is no backyard. It's a garage. Right. Hmm. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of other sitcom style, like houses that would have been built in kind of that same format, you know, where it runs all the way through. And there are a lot of them that are like that. If you think about, you know, uh, the Winslow house, right. Uh, family matters. I mean, the backyard opens to a standalone garage that would be on the back side, mm-hmm. side yard, standalone garage. Right. And I'm trying to think full house. Again, full house would I'm be another think side if yard. Seen anything like a garage? The garage was underneath because when Joey moved in, it was the garage that they turned into his right home and then his room. But uh, I don't know. But you you think of uh, home improvement? The garage would be facing um, the fourth wall, whereas mm-hmm. the front door is it would be on on the rear. Yeah, the, which is kind of an odd thing if you think about yeah. that format. But in that show, the garage is an important part of the show. Right. But then their side yard is still their side yard. And you don't mm-hmm. really ever see, you know, the side yard kind of 
secondary uh, seconds of the so back. Interesting how you have to set things up for. I've just always kind of thought of it's almost like it's always a side yard. You know what I mean? The backyard is always kind of a side yard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I'm thinking home improvement too. It's like the backyard door and the front door on the same wall. Right. Essentially curious. Yeah. So yeah. I have no way. This is a pocket dimension as far as we know. It is. Chance we've decided it's a pocket dimension. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I literally just made it up. It's a pocket dimension. It's a, reflection in the window to their kitchen you mm-hmm. enter and that's why phoenix sunbeam shoots through and pulls them through to the outside <laughs> it only makes sense that's why it's never night there yeah it has to be like when we're looking at the house the garage has to be on the right side like it is the fourth wall as where the cameras are it must be like a garage and the garage entrance is on the back side of the house yeah so the back door doesn't lead to a backyard the back door in their living room, it leads to the garage. Uh-huh. Love it. Okay. That's what it's going to have to be. But they're playing basketball back there. Yeah. They're balling. Mm-hmm. Shooting, hooping. <clears throat> and uh, Corey comes back and he's like, hey, I want to play. I got next. Yeah. And they're like, well, this is the championship for the Matthews. And Corey's like, well, I'm a Matthews. Um, Corey is being unreasonably reasonable. Yes. He's very logical. It's like, oh, this is the Matthews Championship. I'm in. Mm-hmm. I'm a Matthews. And then Alan, the man baby that he is, <laughs> turns to Eric in front of his son, who has already asked to play, says, rematch. Uh-huh. And, and then when Eric says no, he is surprised. He is shocked. He is flabbergasted that Corey's like, excuse me? This is stupid. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, Alan's not looking great here. I, but really- I do want to... I do think that this is showing kind of your regular distaste for Alan, which, you know, I mean, representatively, I don't actually think he does horrible as a father in this episode. I mean, like not a lot of dads out there shooting hoops with their boys, especially at this age. You know, it's like not super common thing that you'd spend two hours out there playing racquetball and then another, you know, additional hour for the or couple of hours for the championship game of basketball. I mean, like, I don't know when he's getting work done. Well, see, I would argue that Alan is not doing those things for his boys. He is doing them for himself because ah. he likes to play. Mm-hmm. But Eric's the one who he does that with. Yeah. So it is how he has his quality time with Eric. Mm-hmm. Like as best as he knows how, not knows how, but that's just how it kind of happened is where he's doing those that it is really just jerk move to be like, oh, no, rematch, rematch. Oh, no, I'm really tired. Yeah. Sorry, Corey. Um, Yeah. So not great. But then Corey's taking the ball. He's dribbling not very well. I think Alan could have yeah. taken him probably. He He checks the ball to his dad in a very normal manner. His dad's like, I don't want you to throw this at me again. I think you're. I mean, it wasn't great. It wasn't that. Stop editorializing, Chance. That's what. That's literally what this podcast is. It's not editorializing. No, we are here journalistic integrity. I, I will say that I'm, I'm going to have to agree with Chance on the fact that when Corey threw the ball, it looked like he was passing the ball, and Alan kind of took the foul. You know, it's like oh, you know, it's like intentional. Yeah, like. You know, <laughs> you just see, <laughs> yeah, it's just like I mean, he was really worn out from that previous game, and he showed it in the way that he got that ball there. So, and then when he goes to the, I'm, you know, I'm not going to let you throw it at me. I kind of seemed like Alan kind of started it, like 
you know, Corey was a little irritated, but Alan didn't do anything to stop him from being irritated. It wasn't like, ah, oh, come on, Corey. Well, you know, yeah, well, yeah, well, I don't mean to make you upset. You know, he just kind of egged it on a little. Let's go get some water and sit for a second. Yeah. And then we like, can play. Yeah. And, and I know, I know everyone out there is like, if he doesn't do it, there's no episode. But my argument is more time for Jack and Sean. Oh, chance. <laughs> Chance, chance. I want a scene where Jack pops the bubble. <laughs> they don't have the budget for that. But instead, what you I know, get is ask your son. Shut up, Alan. <laughs> yeah. So Corey tries to take the ball, and Alan gets. He tries. He pulls away and falls down. Corey doesn't really knock him down. Yeah. It's it's the classic when I, two people are pulling a rope and one person lets go and the other person just. Well, goes so by. so I watched that. I wa- I must have watched that just that ten seconds several times. I tried to look at it from different angles. You know, really tried to analyze that. And and Corey is kind of doing like the I'm I'm pulling on it, and then when when he starts to fall back, Corey does push a little bit and then let go. So there's kind of a shove, let go. You know what I mean? Like, hmm. like he's letting him have it. So it's Alan's own force that makes him fall backwards. But Corey was definitely giving him a little bit of that oomph before he lets go of the ball. I, I, I watched it. I watched it several times. About, at first, I was like, why, why is Corey even saying that he pushed his father down? He didn't push him down. He fell down, you know. But yeah, I, 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 I kind of saw the forward motion of Corey as well. Yeah. Yeah. He breaks the plane. <laughs> so... I, w- I never questioned that he kind of pushed him, but yeah, it was more of like a fine here. Yeah. It's gotten into you. And then Amy and Eric just come and she's like, what happened? And I was like, ask your son. And then Eric's like, I swear, I don't know anything. <laughs> Which was one of the great <laughs> first, first, first one line. That was a good one. <laughs> I don't know anything. I don't know anything. The other so son, funny. Eric. I get the joke. I just, maybe I was so annoyed with the situation. I think you're just preventing yourself from having a good time. <laughs> I have a great time <laughs> with the stuff that's not about the Matthews, which is often <laughs> a thing for me in the show, granted. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the, the inciting incident. And then do we cut to the apartment? I think so. Yeah, because Corey comes in at the end and says he needs the room mm-hmm. or the couch. Right. So now we get to the delight of the episode. It's all a delight. Disagree. <laughs> but Sean is there in the apartment. And then you just hear like this scream. And and splash. Like, oh, by the way, the superintendent said that the people above you let their bathtub overflow and you shouldn't pop the big bubble. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, why would you do that? If there's a gigantic. I mean, I would probably do like test it. Like, what is this? And like, no, that just seems like a bad idea. I mean, it probably would be. Clearly it was. Yes, Jack is just completely soaked and very upset because he poked the bubble and the flooded bathroom water just poured all over him. Yeah, it flooded his room. Mm-hmm. All over all his stuff, just ruining everything. Mm-hmm. And so he says, I'm going to guess I'm going to have to sleep on the couch. And, uh, and Sean's like, no, just sleep with me. And he's like, no, I'll sleep on the couch. And then Corey comes in. Guys, I need your couch. <laughs> Pushing Corey and... Or pushing Sean and Jack together. See, if he hadn't knocked Alan over, the part you like wouldn't be possible either. I mean, it's true. And I do enjoy Corey and Sean's conversation here in a minute. Mm-hmm. But I still, everything about that first scene just bothers me. Yeah. So is that it for this? Is that the no, scene? Okay, so they have the thing like, you can stay in my room. And then there's like a cut to Sean's room. Oh, right. With Jack. Yeah, with Jack. It's just completely and, trashed. Yeah, he's got like clothes everywhere and um his entire like 
room is just like a bed on the floor, which is what I've had most of my life. So I get that. Mm-hmm. You get that. Um, <laughs> and, and he's just like, uh, no, I'm going to sleep on the couch. And then Corey comes in and Jack's like, fine, I'll stay. And he leaves. And this is where Sean and Corey talk, which is the best part of this whole episode. And it has nothing to do with Corey. <laughs> yeah. Well, I do. Can, I, I would like to digress for just a second because you guys skipped over a pivotal character and probably the best character in the whole episode. Who? Little Corey. Oh, yeah. Little Corey. It's true. Little Corey, the pet pig. Yes. He appears. Now, Cameron... Uh, I'm appealing to your pig expertise. Here. Uh-huh, I do have some, as we have we have established in previous episodes. You are a, a bit of a pig spurt. Mm-hmm. Um, is that the same kind of pig? No, that, that was a different kind of pig. Okay. Before we had a pink pig, which was mm-hmm. a, probably it looked like a Yorkshire pig to me because had the pointy ears. It was pink. I don't know. That looked like more like a potbelly pig because it was still pretty small. But it's it's a completely different breed. Okay, so they a a little pink pig would not turn into a giant black pig. No. So we are to assume that Sean has had multiple little multiple cories. little Corys. Yes. Okay. Um, I was just curious about. That. I was like, maybe the hair on little baby pink pigs turns black. I don't. No, know. it doesn't. They stay that color. Okay. So this is at least the second little Cory. Mm-hmm. This has been Cameron's pig corner. <laughs> Brought to you by. <laughs> Luke, because <laughs> he's the one who brought him. Uh-huh. Yeah, little Corey yes. is there hanging out in Sean's closet. Yeah. You gotta love little Corey. But the the beginning of this scene, you know, it's gonna be like comedy gold because you got Jack and Jack is standing right over Corey's shoulder, probably way too close, but it's fine. And uh, Corey goes, "I got in a fight with my dad." Well, everyone gets in fights with their dad. I pushed mine down. Well, that's not quite as common. <laughs> and then he walks out of the room. Oh, Jack, always good for one line. I would I would give Jack MVP of this episode for just saying, well, that's not quite as common, yeah, and then walking right away. <laughs> yes. It's very funny. <laughs> um, and Sean's like, I can't believe you hit your dad. And he's like, I didn't hit my dad. I just kind of shoved him a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, then Corey's talking like, my dad, my like my dad and I, we just talked. Like Eric, he does all the things with. Like he does basketball. They're talking about going skydiving, all of this stuff. And all we do is talk. Like there's no memories for talking. Yeah. And he's just like, I think you'll be talking about what happened today for quite a, a quite a few years. <laughs> no, he's did, did he's like you, you, I was going to say, were you guys troubled by John's one line where he he says, "Do you take over the house? Do you take his woman?" <laughs> yeah, like <I> said, <laughs> that was a little. Uh, did he have to leave the house in shame? And the and the fact that that Corey doesn't respond at all to the fact that his his best friend just asked whether or not he was going to take his mother. Like, I mean, I mean that's the trailer park, I guess. I feel like that just crosses a line. I don't know. It's a, the laws of, of honor and shame of the trailer park are unknown to those who believe in guilt and innocence in the suburbs. In the land of many pants. In the land of many pants. It's true. That's a funny line. But and then then he's like, we have nothing. He's like, you have lots of great memories with your dad. Really? I can't think about it. Any? What about the time you beat him up? (laughs) (laughs) Sean is fantastic in this scene, which underlies the deep, deep deep tragedy of this scene that, uh-huh. that Corey would go to Sean Hunter for son of father advice Chet, well, and complain about his relationship with that's, his daughter. That's the issue. And Sean, I mean, Sean essentially 
I mean, like, and he acted this scene really well, in my opinion. Like, if you really think about the, the character of Sean Hunter, he did this really, really well. He acted like this was like the least bit of a big deal that there ever was that existed. And he essentially is like, he just kind of shames him the whole time. Yeah, let's, that's whatever. You know, you'll get over. It'll be past. Mm-hmm. No big deal. Quit your belly aching. Yeah. He knows what a real, he knows what a real fight is. He knows what it is to really be in a knockdown drag out with your father. Yeah. Was, it, I don't know. Like if the, the roles were reversed and this was Cameron and I, and he came to me and he was like, and he was like, saying all this stuff i'd be like well he could have abandoned you at 14 so (laughs) tough (laughs) and and it's just like i i I don't know what how i would feel like Uh Like, are you really complaining about this right now oh your dad wouldn't play basketball with you one time Mm -hmm. okay well and it's also also good that sean didn't go that way either because you know he really could have yeah but it just it, it underlies that thing that we've seen especially vocalized by sean since season four of like Corey doesn't deserve that kind of pain yeah and then the unspoken part of that i do though yeah it's like Corey doesn't but i do because i am deeply broken in some way and undesirable yeah by anybody in any deep meaningful way yeah (laughs) i I just remember watching this scene and being like sean's very funny here gosh this scene is just tragic when you take it in like context of the whole show uh-huh. my daddy doesn't do anything with me same sort of <laughs> mine kicked me out of the house what do you <laughs> what do you want a cookie <laughs> like i don't know it's yeah mm-hmm. it's a scene it was very funny now we're just quiet yeah i'm trying to think what i think we i think I, I think that we're all just enthralled by this uh this this thought that sean I mean, like, I mean, he really does. There, there is, there are so many ways he could have gone and didn't. And in fact, he starts by saying, "You have a great relationship with your dad." Like, I mean, he he starts out by laying out that as as his grounding point of the argument. He never really, never really steers away from that. He essentially says that, and then just makes fun of him until he wears himself out. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> you just gotta let Corey run himself in circles until he falls asleep. Yeah that's the yeah. lesson yeah it's i i think Ryder strong does a great job here <laughs> but just like i don't know the possible subtext of this like well sean's poor it doesn't matter what happened in his life but this middle class boy <laughs> <laughs> we knocked his father over <laughs> um all right yeah but next is uh the scene in the matthew's kitchen late at night <laughs> making a sandwich which is Another good thing that comes from the terrible, terrible first scene. Yes, yeah, so he's making the sandwich. There's a knock at the door. Alan kind of throws some bread. Because apparently it's very late. Uh-huh. It's like two in the morning, I think he says. And who should be at the door but Mr. Feeney uh-huh. in his robe. And he's like, I heard about what happened. No, I saw, I saw what happened. happened. Corey pushed you down and nobody came to talk to me. <laughs> you didn't come to talk to me. Corey didn't come to talk to me. Can we just talk this out so I can go to sleep? <laughs> Would you like to come in? Yes, of course. <laughs> there aren't very many times in the series that Feeney kind of takes the role of comic relief. And that's, that's what, that was kind of a nice thing about this particular interaction between him and Alan, where he kind of, he kind of lands the jokes. Yes, mm-hmm. he does. He does it more than you think when you really I, I, I was trying, pay attention. Yeah. Yeah. If you're, if you're lining it down, I just, I've always thought of him as more of the straight character in, in the midst of the series. You know, he kind of, he kind of sets them. Um, he always set the punchline for Corey all the way through. And, and, you know, I mean, that was always kind of his role. And as it adapts into these older seasons, you get a little bit more of that where um, 
he's kind of with other relationships and development, but yeah. And I mean, you guys are the experts. You'll see it a lot more than I probably did. <laughs> since watching through, but um, I, f- I feel like recently, especially like, especially this season, maybe last season, I'd ha- I didn't really track it at the time. I feel like the Feeny comedy is all like meta commentary about Feeny's role in mm-hmm. the series. Yeah. Um, they definitely do get meta with it, which I felt like this was meta. Like, uh-huh. I'm the advice giver. Why aren't you letting me do my job? This is my role in the show. Right. Right. (laughs) Um, So it's, it's good comedy. And he does, they do the, uh, the funny turnaround of like, do you want to make yourself a sandwich? She's like, don't mind if I do. And he starts and he's like, you know, I am an adult who can handle my own situations. He's like, you're right. I will go. And he starts putting away the sandwich, turns around. And Alan's like, he pushed me down, George. (laughs) 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 He just spins back around. (laughs) I can handle this myself. No, I can't. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know. You never stop teaching, do you, George? What? This says you never stop teaching, do you, George? Yeah. Is the yeah. end of Alan's piece after he set straight. This is like this is like the easiest Socratic method Feeney has ever done, and he's like, he's like, well, Corey knows he can talk to me. That's the basis of our relation. Maybe that's the problem. <laughs> done. <laughs> done. <laughs> Yes. You never stop teaching, do you, George? No. And don't keep me up all night next time. <laughs> don't, do this. don't let this happen again. Um, yeah. I, this is the good pep talk. Yes. Because you'd think it should be the only pep talk. You, you really would. You think Alan would get it, but he still doesn't get it. Um, you know, it's about growth and progress. Mm-hmm. And then I think we get the Hunter Boys. This is where we're the Hunter Boys. There's a weird audience reaction yeah. to them being in the same bed of just like yeah. several ladies in the audience, just like oh, oh, <laughs> it's true. You, you you know though that's that's got to be like again like a '90s thing because you know today nobody would even think it was odd to see two men in the same bed you know but back then it was kind of like oh it's cute ah you know kind of like <laughs> we kind of make it you know what i mean like it's how just, wacky uh, it's is just, this <laughs> just how zany is this you guys yeah two men in the same bed uh-huh. it is funny because i watch sometimes in my class we watch this pbs kids show called liberty's kids that like is talking about the american revolution and it's like telling the story of all these events and there's this moment in american history where benjamin franklin and john adams and i forget someone from south carolina went to go meet with admiral howe of the british to like kind of as things were ramping up kind of peace talk and at least in the, the scene in the show they or they show ben franklin and john adams like sharing a bed at like an inn um and it's just like it's very funny <laughs> just to see like these two important historical figures, like just sharing a bed. Yeah, that's true. You never think of, uh, I mean, like they kind of have legendary status. You would never think of like Merlin and Arthur just like, well, we've only got one bed in this place. <laughs> just going to lay down. Not a big deal. <laughs> yes. But the Hunter brothers are in bed <laughs> surrounded by garbage. Yeah. With the, with the light on. And Jack goes to turn it off. And Sean's like, what are you doing? Like, I always sleep with the light on. Uh, it, w- it wakes him up, right? He's sleeping. He yeah. turns it, when yeah. he turns it, turns it off, it, it wakes him immediately. He says, are you insane? <laughs> <laughs> what? He just used to, he, he says, the lights on the highway yeah. were always driving by. And so it was soothing to him to have the light on. Like when the Teamsters 
went on strike yeah he like 82 i didn't sleep for a week it's it so dark and then he's like just just close your eyes and try to go to sleep and he puts on a tape and he's like crickets He's like, sounds of the trailer park. It soothes me. And he's like, actually, it is kind of soothing. He just kind of lays there. <laughs> and then he gets the semi truck. The it's like husbands and wives yelling at each other. <laughs> the police are coming. Put the weapon down. <laughs> gunshots. And anything gunshots. This is probably awful. This is probably a terrible t- terrible joke but i was <laughs> really funny i laughed out loud <laughs> like we are not endorsing the sensitivity of this joke we are not endorsing the system behind it but it's funny it is and jack is just like what is happening and so he's like sean yeah sean and sean doesn't wake up so he turns the light off and he's like, I didn't know you were. I w- you would be so weird when I invited you to use my room. It's like we have a repeat of last week's episode of having a guest where we had Topanga was not being a very gracious guest. Yes. And really like overstepping her bounds. Mm. And here we have Sean's not being a very gracious host. No, but Jack isn't being a very gracious host. No, guest. neither of them are. And uh, they get into a fight and... Jack does this funny like, oh, you want to fight me? He does this like <laughs> boxing, uh-huh. and he says, "If I wanted to hit you, I'd hit you." Yeah, because <laughs> he throws a swing. Mm-hmm. He's we like, come back to that. He's <laughs> like, "Well, when you're ready to, I'll be here." Asleep in the dark, <laughs> which is a weird place to end it. And you're like, "Oh, like what's gonna happen?" But their whole story takes place over this night. Uh-huh. We just come back to it later. Yeah, which is odd because like the time the episode progresses. Mm-hmm. Should we just talk about it now? Sure. Yeah, because it never really touches back on to. Yeah, we just they end up just having a, a wrestling match, mm-hmm. and it's like very funny where mm-hmm. like Jack's trying to pin him, and he's like, "Say uncle." He's like, "I don't know who my uncle is." Yeah, it's like his name's Dave. He's in the box business. Is he the corrugated box business? <laughs> Which, Sean isn't related to either of the people that raised Jack. Yeah, so he's not really his uncle. But maybe like, so, what? Well, I was, well, I was just going to say, I mean, you know, this, this, this episode, the, uh, the, that scene, actually, believe it or not, I, I, I went back and reviewed it. And I, I always watch um, costume changes. And that is, the, it is another night when they start that secondary fight. Oh, is um, it? It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't change much. The costumes change a little bit. And I and what I'd realized was that, you know, the next scene and and uh, won't jump forward too much, but you know, it jumps over to Topanga where she's waking Corey up, you know, they go through that whole thing and then, you know, then they're on on the plane, they do this and then and then when it jumps back, um their costumes change, just not very much. As they're um, you know, one of them is wearing red or Sean's wearing red in the first scene and then it flips over. Jack's wearing red and Sean's wearing white. So they actually have a secondary night when, you know, he tapes over the tape, um, you know, in the midst of that. But what I actually think has happened there is the the whole show based off costuming takes place over about four days, uh, this whole episode. Mm-hmm. And I think that Sean and Jack are in that room the whole time. <laughs> they, they do one of those like locking ourselves in here until we work this yeah. out. Cage man. I I I truly don't think they ever came out. You don't see them anywhere else throughout that four day period in the episode, other than that 
that room. And so I do. I think that they decided, you know what, this is lock-in time. We're going to make this happen. And we're going to just, we're just going to keep working on it until we work this out. And even though Corey is sleeping on their couch, he is too self-absorbed to ever go check on them. Uh It's like, I haven't seen them in a while. (laughs) No, he would never think about them. They can't, they aren't of service to him. Yeah. Well, I mean, and Eric is the same way. And then, well, we won't jump too far ahead. I guess we should probably take it a little bit at a time. But then I kind of gave, gave my there. bomb. It's true. Yeah, I kind of gave my bomb there uh, a little too early. But I mean, it, it just seemed like a good place to insert um, based off of the timeline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll probably just finish their little storyline. Their storyline real quick, just because it's only one more scene, I think. Yeah, like when they're fighting. Yeah. So yeah, they're they're sitting back to back, and Jack's like, "Are you asleep?" Or Sean says, "Are you asleep?" And Jack's like, "Are you kidding me?" And, and Jack just loses it. He's like, "I can't take it anymore. This place is a pig. You're a pig, and you talk in your sleep and you snore." Nice try, Jack. You can't do both. And then my favorite moment in the entire episode happens, <laughs> where uh, Jack plays a tape he made. <laughs> And Sean sleep talking. And if this entire episode had replaced all of the Corey and Allen stuff, it'd be weaker for it. With just Sean sleep talking, it would have been better for it. I'm going to the store <laughs> to get some eggs. Rub two eggs together and you'll make a spark. <laughs> My hand is on fire. Please put it out. It was interesting that it wasn't really classic sleep talking. You know, it wasn't like, you know, like kind of like mumbly sleep talking. It was really very precise and like almost do to do, like in the way that he delivered those lines. Yeah. This is also how we know that this is the uh, Easter episode. Because the eggs? Yeah, it was just a joke. This this episode will come out (laughs) shortly after Easter. Yep. The Thursday after Easter. Happy Thursday after Easter, everybody. Rub, rub two eggs together and see if they make a spark. Careful, <laughs> might set your hand on fire. <laughs> make sure you have a bucket of water nearby. Or do you need sand for an egg spark fire? Um, do you pour water on You actually have to put it fire? in a vacuum. <laughs> the only way to do it is to remove all oxygen. Mm-hmm. Smother it. You smother that fire. <laughs> it's tricky. It's tricky. Egg spark fires, man. They're the worst. Mm-hmm. But then it, we reveal that Jack taped over Sean's sounds of the trailer park tape. Yeah. Um, which causes the second fight mm-hmm. of the episode. Or it might be the third fight. I don't remember in terms of the continuity where exactly this one comes. I think it's the last fight, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, they're just having a wrestling match. Yeah, Sean for, wins for the, dominance here. Uh, Jack is kind of winning the first one, and then Sean reverses, and he's like, "Who's my uncle?" And he tells him, and then uh, Jack gets the upper hand again, and Sean has to say "Uncle" that time, Uncle Dave in the box business. <laughs> yeah, that was a great line. <laughs> yeah, Uncle, Uncle Dave, Dave in the, the box, box business. business. <laughs> and then they have the uh, realization: this isn't about. This isn't about sleeping at all, is it? It's like, no, it's not. Think of, about all those years that we could have been beating the crap out of each other. Sean's like, I've been waiting 17 years. And then <laughs> just start again. They start again. And that's that's it. That's so on the one it. hand, we're like, fighting's bad. On the other hand, fighting's good. Fighting your family is bad. Fighting your family is also I think this is more like, you know, uh, the, the kind of fighting that kids do when they're wrestling and they're working it out. And, and mm-hmm. you know, always trying to get the upper hand. And it's more combative, like, you know, in the way the brothers do. So, Did you ever you fight like that with that. your brother? I do, as often as I can, really. 
Still? Not, uh, not anytime, not anytime lately. I can't, I'm trying to think of the last time that I'd probably wrestled or fought with him in that way. I mean, I'm, I'm certain I could come up with a time. Uh, I mean, probably in the last, I would say in the last 10 years, I've probably roughhouse wrestled, fought with him, uh, especially to amuse our children at this point, you know? Mm-hmm. So, but, but I'll tell you, the boys do it all the time. I mean, you know, uh, Sam and, uh, AB were out on the trampoline today. Um, and, uh, there was a, a neighborhood girl that came over and, uh, they were absolutely wrestling. And every time one of them would dominate on, you know, the other, you know, get on top, they would look at the girl, like, is she watching, you know, and then they would go back to it again. And, you know, sometimes they would, one would get on top and then Sam would call over, Hey, Hey, you know, see me, you know, kind of a thing. And then they would start wrestling again. So there's absolutely, you know, that adolescent, like, you know, look at us, look how tough we are, you know, uh, biological you know, need for uh, physical dominant approval. You know? mm-hmm. so, so, yeah, and I think that is, that's what they're touching. Yes. So this is just while we're on the topic of wrestling and twin brothers. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Did you, Luke, ever, maybe when your brother got married or when you got married, <laughs> And you had a bachelor party. Did you ever have to oil wrestle your brother in your underwear in a, as a symbol for defeating yourself in order for <laughs> you to get married? You to get married. Sounds like Dwight Schrute in the, uh, the farmhouse. For the <laughs> no, that was Chance and Cameron and their college friends. Uh-huh. So we have friends, they're <laughs> twins, and that's what we... We covered them both in baby oil, put them on a tart, <laughs> and told the one who was getting married that he had to defeat himself. Yes, the last enemy you must defeat <laughs> is yourself. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think that I've, I don't think I've done that. Uh, that's a shame. I mean, sounds like a, sounds like a good time. Uh, the best part about that story is we let the did, guy... Did he defeat himself? I don't know. <laughs> Who can who can say? <laughs> they were slipping around everywhere. Um, wasn't a great plan. It, yeah, it wasn't our, our best. But the best really, the that, second the baby oil came out, he should have probably run for it. I mean, you'd think that would have been the that would have been the smart move. We drove him there. He had no choice. Yeah, he had no keys. He got kidnapped at the lake earlier that day. Yeah. It was a whole thing. Yeah, he got kidnapped at the lake, and the cops definitely got called because the guy's doing it took it a little too far. <laughs> Yeah, but the best part about that story is that we let the guy whose bachelor party it was go shower first in the house. There was only one shower. The house was being loaned to us by some friends. Um, Out in the country. So his twin brother just sits on their front porch and just waits for his turn to take a shower. What we don't know is that concrete is very porous and oil stains concrete. Oh, no. To this day, there is a butt print of our friend Tim (laughs) on this front porch. (laughs) <laughs> occasionally the people who uh, owned it would just send us all like pictures like still there was cleaning up the porch today saw the butt prints. apparently in the moonlight it really it's really visible it really shone so <laughs> it never there was a there was a permanent record of that event yeah there was no oil wrestling in this episode of boy meets world and for good reason yeah wow so if you ever uh, want to take it to the next level, though, I'll remember that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Rub yourself with baby oil and wrestle your brother. Come on. Yeah, I don't have a brother. I'm about yeah. to get a brother-in-law. I don't have a brother. I have a brother-in-law. You have me. Yes. <laughs> I'm not going to oil wrestle you. I'll just put that out no, there. No, I'll, I'll regular wrestle you if you really want to. The kids would love it. 
Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm, I'm afraid, though, that you would hurt me very quickly. So <laughs> you got bad knees from the military. Yeah. Yeah. They will get the better of me. So and I'm missing gallbladder. I'm, I know just yes, I'm short of gallbladder now. You just start going. You just start shooting gallbladder punches because whoever that is, I really don't know. <laughs> <laughs> just go for Cameron's foot. I got a yeah. Foot. He's got a, a weak foot. foot. Well, it's good that we know each other's weaknesses before we go in so mm-hmm. that we don't really hurt each other. Yes. We're putting <laughs> Stay away from the foot. Stay away from the gallbladder. We'll be good. Um, We're good. Yeah. Yeah. They have a, they, that's the end of this. It, there's a lot of classes stuff, but it's not stuff we haven't already talked about. Uh-huh. Um, and it's the, the show is addressing it and showing that Sean is proud of the class he's from, mm-hmm. which is nice. He's, he's like, I like the way I grew up. Um, Fine. Yeah, so they don't, they probably do paint it as lesser in like that 90s way, but not so bad that it's like worth bringing up that conversation again. Mm-hmm. But then we're back to Corey and Topanga's trying to wake him up. Like, Corey, you need to get up. And he's just moping some more. And he's just like, if this were the Bible, I would be a father smiter, son, <laughs> son of Alan, Alan the Bruised. <laughs> You need to get away from here or you will or they will stone you when they find me, Topanga, son of Miriam. Daughter daughter of Miriam. Daughter of Miriam. <laughs> Which isn't her mom's name. No. It's Chloe. But Miriam is a more Bible name. Uh-huh. Not a lot of Chloe's in the Bible. <laughs> Daughter of Miriam. Maybe we can son of do, Gerald. Do, do we know what do we know what Topanga's grandmother's name is? Never no. I think there's an episode the of lineage Girl to go back. Oh yeah, there probably is an episode of Girl Meets World where we learn who. There is a flashback episode there. I don't really want to think about it. Yeah, Girl Meets World is future episodes. <laughs> yes, yeah. I, I think it just sounds more Bible-y. Mm-hmm. That's all. That's all. That's not a continuity error. Let's get into some cognitive linguistics for a second. The ch was not was actually invented much later than you would think to serve to fix a problem with language. Can't Let's just now. move on. Okay. <laughs> Um, but then suddenly, or he's kind of talking again, like my relationship with my dad. Yeah. All we do is talk. And then Alan and Eric come. It's like, you're coming with us. Yeah. Yeah. This is another annoying one. Cause like her parents literally moved to Pittsburgh. Uh-huh. <laughs> like my dad doesn't have the same relationship with, with me. It's like, mine doesn't even live here. <laughs> I don't even live with <laughs> Why does Corey keep complaining about his non-problems? <laughs> <laughs> to people with real problems just the theme of the show it just just shows the love of his friends and their loyalty to him not to say that but instead to try to help mm-hmm. see i think it would have been much more helpful to give him some perspective <laughs> hey you're a whiny brat maybe a little more tactfully than that <laughs> nobody responds well to that it's true it's true um but yes he oh we, oh there we go thought we lost you yeah um Yes, but then we cut to um, a plane. Yeah, we cut to a plane. And Alan and Corey and Eric are all sitting on the plane with their instructor, and they're going to be skydiving. Oh, which Uh, apparently they do not have to do a tandem dive the first time. Not for TV. (laughs) Um, But I... I really like this scene. I think it's really funny that they're having this like deep conversation about the shortcomings of their relationship and how he wants to connect with them in a deeper way. And they're doing that in a roaring airplane, screaming at the top of their lungs in order to be able to be heard. It's very funny. And there's the constant, what, what, what? It is. It's a very classic scene. And it was shot really well too. You know, as far as at least, you know, it was obviously done on set, but even the way that they had the windows, the background, and all the really gave the impression of a moving plane, plane with you know the cloud cover and some of the other things there. I just thought it was really 
really well done. Yeah. Rebuttal? I was probably just too annoyed with the characters to find it charming. I was just annoyed <laughs> with them. Uh-huh. The, the, the constant what's annoyed me. The, I just thought it, yeah, it was just fun. The idea of talking politics, philosophy, or art with Corey seems laughable. <laughs> he does not talk about philosophy, politics, or art. We just don't see that. <laughs> That's just one of those, you know, the writers can just say that. And, there's no way alan has ever had a thought of philosophy in his entire life now that's classist sure (laughs) how dare you he can't figure out why his son is angry in that first scene he's never thought about the human condition um i'm sure there's lots of philosophers that had bad relationships with their children well most of them probably you think freud was a good dad I really don't know if he had kids or not, but probably not. Nietzsche? If, if he did, he got help his children. I don't well, know Friedrich they were Jr.? Place. <laughs> Friedrich Jr. feel sorry for that guy. I agree with him. I would feel would, sorry for Wouldn't, I mean, Freud's children would probably be his brothers, right? I mean, wasn't Freud kind of the big guy on, you know, the whole idea of psychology and mother? I mean, like, it's, uh, he had some kind of weird things going on there. Yes, yes, he did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not great. Who's the guy who um, coined? Uh, was it was was it Kierkegaard who did? I think. Therefore, I am. Uh, chance Google something. I can Google. I was going to say I'd have to check. I I can't. Uh... Descartes. Descartes. Yeah, I bet he was just the biggest pain in the world to parents. Like, no, I think. Therefore, I am, mom. <laughs> and I think it is not bedtime. <laughs> I know that's not what rationalism is, but it's fun to think about. Is it? Is it though? Yes. Is it though? Yes. Okay. I'll I'll let you think what you think. Um, Yeah. I, you guys talk about this scene. Enjoy it. Yeah. So essentially. I did enjoy it. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it kind of breaks down like we've already said. We didn't talk through it piece by piece, but they're on the plane ready to jump out or pretty soon their instructor's like you're ready for your jump and all this stuff and then they're just talking where Corey's just like i want to do things with you and alan is yelling to him like i value our relationship like that we do talk about things like i like that we get to like share that yeah i like your opinions i like your Mm -hmm. opinions on things Uh uh-huh and meanwhile eric is just like huh like he's having yeah, his he's making a face like I don't understand what's happening here. Wait, you actually like the time you're spending with Corey? You're actually enjoying that? Mm-hmm. You don't want to do that with me? Um, so yeah. yeah, he's just kind of realizing where the shortcomings are in his relationship with his dad, which is the same dad as Corey's dad because they're brothers. <laughs> I feel like I said with his dad in a way that's like, if I was like, you with your dad and me with my dad. <laughs> just so everybody yes. was clear. They have the same dad. Yes, they're setting us up, us doing this plot again. <laughs> Verbatim. It's fun. Again. It's a good plot. It's not even like comedy rule of threes. No, it's two. So it's under the limit. So it's funny. <laughs> as far as we know, what that makes sense. It's the second week in a row, we've admitted we don't know what that means. Yeah, we don't know what the comedy rule of threes actually is. But I say they're underdoing it three times. So they're good. It's funny. <laughs> so then so then he so they're they're back and forth and back and forth and Corey says he wants to prove himself and jumps out the window or jumps out the uh the door of the plane mm-hmm. kind uh, of to show that he's tough yeah he's tough he can do it he can hang with uh with eric and and uh and so then then eric kind of gets into it with dad and they have their back and forth I and want you uh, to hear my thoughts on philosophy and art and 
all this stuff. And Alan's just like, no, I don't think so. Yeah. His I don't think father so. yells, I don't think so, and jumps and out of fails. the way. It's not good, jumps. but it's funny. Yeah. yeah. Could you imagine if Alan's chute didn't open and then his backup chute didn't open and the very last thing he said to his son was that he didn't want to hear his thoughts on anything so much so that he jumped out of a plane. I mean, that is, that is, that's probably not the king moment for Alan. I don't no. think. Uh, but Alan boy, was it fun. a bad dad. <laughs> He's not a bad dad. His children are right to hate him. <laughs> they actually like him a lot. They're proving it in this episode. So <laughs> they want more. They want more of him. Um, and, and then Eric we jumps. Yeah. Eric's like, get back here. Yeah. Come back here. I'm talking to you. <laughs> jumps out of a plane. Yeah. And then uh, Corey and Alan are playing basketball. Yeah, new day. Yeah, new day. Or maybe they've just changed, and it's later that yeah. evening. We don't know. Mm-hmm. But well, they they were they were definitely wearing something different than they were that uh, that morning. There there yeah. was costume change you know, between that and the. Do you, do you get ready and, and shower the... before you go jump out of a plane, or do you do that afterwards? Who knows? Yeah, I probably point. need at least to change your pants. <laughs> Well, I, now I do know that they were wearing the same thing when they pulled Eric onto the elevator later. So, um, as they were when they were playing basketball, Eric Eric doesn't change outfits again, huh. which is he's, which is part of the reason. Right yeah, which is part of the reason that I know that uh, that that we're we're existent where you know, and the uh, the bedroom is still occupied by uh, two men that have been mm. in a struggle for three days. So, yeah. at that point, locked in an epic battle. Locked in an epic battle. Um, but yeah, so Eric comes around the corner and he's like, you would rather jump out of a plane than talk to me. And then dumb, dumb Alan. You know, the, the wind sucked me out. It's like he hit the ground and started running. Momentum. Idiot. And then Eric tries to take the basketball and knocks Alan over again. Now he, Eric actually pushes him. It is definitely a push when mm. it's Eric's turn. Eric. You know, I think Wilfred Dell's just more committed to the bit. Yeah, committed to the bit. I would have loved this whole scene if Corey had been like, "Actually, no, that sucks. Like, you have a long way to go. Maybe think about being a father and then come find us. <laughs> We're done here." But no, Corey's just like, ah, "I'm winning now. I'm the favorite son." Shut up! Shut up! Everyone in this scene. Um, I think what happens next is um, Amy. Amy's like, "Did you push her?" Amy comes again? running out again. Because for some reason she has a safe sense of when her husband falls, she comes running. Alan has hit the ground. <laughs> yes, maybe he has like a life alert bracelet. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be a life alert, <clears throat> life alert bracelet. Alan is like if you have an Apple Watch and it can sense if you've fallen. <laughs> yeah, Alan has a life alert. Some sort of predecessor to that. He threw out his back years ago. So <laughs> ever since then, <laughs> he's she's kept track. And then Morgan goes to help him up. And he's like, no, 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 you stay away from me. It's like, Alan, legitimately every one of these things has been your fault. Like, <laughs> shut up. So he knows. Like, I've, I've, I failed twice. I failed three times. Uh, and then uh, I think the next scene is him and Amy talking like later. Mm-hmm. Maybe later that night. Or know. that might be, I think that's later. And now we have Eric at the apartment where he's like. Yeah, it's Eric and Corey. I put myself in the witness protection program. Oh, that's right. He's great, like, you didn't witness the crime. Line. He's like, I pushed my father down. I saw the whole thing. <laughs> I yeah. saw the whole thing. <laughs> so good. I don't, I don't remember the scene very well. Is anything accomplished or is it just the funny joke? It's of just like, a funny joke. And he's, he's, 
Dr. Shapiro. Dr. Shapiro. He says he's going to be the doctor. Yeah, Dr. Shapiro. He oh, answers yeah. the phone. Says he's Dr. Shapiro. So I think it is. I think it's a setup for. It's a setup to give a segue between the first, um, the uh, the first basketball scene and the second basketball scene, which is later in the evening. <laughs> so yeah, but then Amy and Alan are talking. Yeah, and Amy says some garbage about them having three sons. They don't have three sons. Chance, what's wrong with you? Or three children. It's like we wanted one son and one daughter, and on the way to that, we had two sons and one daughter. It's like we have two two sons. Corey gets your mind, and Eric gets the wide world of sports. Get it together, Alan. She's like we at least take comfort in the fact that we raised them well enough to be able to like say that they want more. Okay, that's actually a pretty good. Scene. It is. Yeah, it's I like- actually. I really appreciated this. I thought this scene was good. It was like one of the times that Amy outdoes Feeney, you know, in kind of a, oh, look, we just had a growing exchange and he had an epiphany of, oh, you know. But it's funny that it took her this long through their lives to explain to her husband that he probably wasn't doing it right, you know. Yeah. Thanks, Amy. It's it's her fault. This blow up moment. (laughs) If she had just got it in there before. Well, really, because at the start of the series, Corey is also really into sports. So I could have seen that being kind of his relationship with both of them. Um, but just then over the run of the series, kind of since it started, it's been over a few years that I feel like Corey's diverged. Well, but so is Eric. Sport. Yeah. Eric doesn't give a crap about sports anymore. Apparently not. Apparently he does. Well, it's, I mean, he really, I mean, and he says later in, in the museum without jumping forward, he essentially says that he is who he felt like his dad wanted him to be in their in their relationship he's as his dad defined him so basically alan screwed these boys up and both of them thought they liked sports because alan put some undue expectation on them i'm sure that never happens alan (laughs) sucks i think many fathers do that many many fathers do that if you don't have a good relationship with my father okay You don't got to tell you me. Go to, you don't got to tell our listeners. They know too. Every sporting event has a has a behind every every child is a dad that's yelling at the child to be better than he was when he was a child. Oh, that's, that's tragic. Sad. It's a truth. It is a truth. And then there's me going, just have fun, guys. <laughs> We're all tied up, but fun to fun. <laughs> <laughs> Who's keeping score? I'm not. Yeah. Um, so Alan does have that moment, and Amy helps him to get there. A few years too late, but he gets there. He um, gets there. Then we cut back, and Eric has a fake mustache on. <laughs> oh, wait, we did miss one of my favorite lines. I'm so sorry. When Corey and Eric are talking. Oh, man. Oh, yes. No, it's so much, huh? <laughs> it wasn't one of my favorite lines. Sorry. He says, all we ever talk about are the Sixers and the Flyers. And I don't know who the Sixers. It'd be the 76ers, the basketball team. Oh, mm-hmm. Flyers, the hockey that. team. I guess they don't I, care I know. for the Eagles. I know what the Flyers are. Not big football. Well, and football it's, all, it's been all about the Phillies. Yeah, also the Phillies. Yeah, the Sixers are the basketball team. Okay. I knew who the Flyers were because I do do some hockey. Do do. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for it. Um, and the Phillies, they've talked about enough. But I was like, I have no idea what a Sixer is. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's kind of a funny name for a basketball team. <laughs> 1776ers. Wait, that's the full name? Uh-huh. There's mm-hmm. So they're the Patriots. The Patriots of basketball. Essentially. I hate it. <laughs> it's an interesting name. I, that's true. It's unique. I hate it. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, Eric is trying to slip away yeah he's got his fake mustache on uh-huh, and then a man comes out of the witch's apartment so are we to assume that the witches are gone maybe they were trying to sacrifice him 
and he's escaped. Maybe. Huh. Just, I there know. were witches that lived in that apartment. Yes, I remember that. Yeah, I remember that now. I'm thinking about that and going, like I said, you pick up on things that, I mean, you're the experts, you know. So. We've kept a very special track of who co- who lives in that apartment. Yeah, maybe yeah. he doesn't live there. He was just maybe he was just a guest. Uh-huh. Maybe he was delivering witch goods. Ooh, he's Could a be. witch delivery man. Maybe that's why bed knobs and broomsticks. Eric was like, "Is it bed knobs and broomsticks?" Yes, I was like, "These are the <laughs> things that we need." I am new. Maybe he, maybe things. Eric saw that guy new. deliver the de- the devil crystal that they put on their porch and that's why he's a little suspicious of him when he walks by uh-huh. okay. you again i like uh, it what i said i like it i like that that's a good i think that's exactly no. what happened <laughs> it all makes sense but then the elevator opens and they're like it's alan and Corey, and they pull him in they're like dr shapiro mm-hmm. and then they go off to the museum a place that <laughs> a place that Corey and alan have never been they go all the time. No, they've they, been twice, actually, it, a couple of times, is what he says. A couple of times. Neither of them a have ever been here. You will not convince me otherwise. <laughs> Chance doesn't have any suspension of disbelief. Mm. I have watched this show for, I think, almost a hundred episodes now. This is a hundred one. Is it? Last week was a congratulations. Oh. Congratulations. Um, we have watched this for a hundred and one episodes now. I promise you, Alan and Corey have never been to an art museum. <laughs> Just like Corey has never wanted to be in business. He wants to be in business because he's supposed to be in business. 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 It's, it's business. Uh, but it's fine. Whatever. 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 But they're like, we come and we like to look at the art and say what we think the artist is, is meaning. Trying to do. What they're yeah. trying to say. So they let Eric take a take a crack at it, and it's this abstract piece that's like metal and sort of two pillars yeah, that rise steel up, covered wood, and then like this square a, a with a cylinder. circle cut out with a sphere right. inside. Um, I'm sure if you're listening to this, you've probably watched the show. For most of you, I don't need to describe it to you, but here we are. I already did. Because they're like, "What do you think, Eric?" And he's like pondering, and they say, "Well, it's abstract." It's like there's not really a wrong answer. And then he goes. I see two monkeys. And they're like, okay, here we go. Thanks, Eric. Um, but he just really is describing their situation. Um, we're just like, their father has a coconut and he has two sons. So he splits the coconut in half to give to his two sons. But half a coconut isn't enough for either son. And then they're just like, oh, Eric. And then, but then um, Eric kind of has a moment with Al in the same way that Corey does on the plane. Mm-hmm. Minus the yelling. Because they're in a museum. Because they're in a museum, they got to be quiet. And we kind of see a deeper, more intellectual side of Eric. In yeah, which we, what, we, we haven't seen in some time. Yeah, we haven't seen that in some time. It just kind of he breaks breaks kind of that that new Eric character to go backward again, and uh, and gives us this intellectual. I learned it in school type thing. Mm-hmm. He actually paid attention in school. Well, that last year he did at least. Mm-hmm. Maybe he had an art appreciation class or something. And, and and Eric having random knowledge is never going to be something I complain about because he's been portrayed as that like idiot savant like mm-hmm. yeah I just know random things so when he's talking like if Corey or Alan had said like oh we just love neoclassical art I would have been like BS shut up <laughs> but Eric's <laughs> saying and I'm like okay I actually really liked uh, the analogy of the uh, two uh, monkeys and the coconut and, or the you know the idea of you know, um, 
the uh, the the father in this situation splitting the coconut and you know, I like I honestly thought it was a really good way to kind of articulate this dilemma that they were in in, in a in a different and and quick succession that kind of gave it more of a you know from a storytelling approach it's a little bit mm-hmm. more um, yeah I mean I just I felt like it was really I felt it was really good like the way they tied it together yeah it's like we need a metaphor yeah to make yeah that's what I mean yeah makes sense yes. Um, it's a, a, a parable. A parable. That's the word I was trying yeah, to find. Parable. It's yeah, a parable. It's kind of a nice little parable. parable. So parable. I looked it up. This is not a real art piece. Rats. Um, the listed artist is Craig Conover, who was actually the show's craft service person. He also oh. did the show's Just Shoot Me, Charmed, some show I've never heard about. What is it? Arliss with money signs at the end? Nope, never heard of that. Uh, Judging Mm. Amy and the movie Sorority Boys. Oh. So I guess he is a pretty famous craft serviceman in the industry. Sounds like it. But the the sculpture itself is not like a real sculpture. Um, I I love art museums. Uh, Sculpture is almost always lost on. Especially like that. Yeah. I, I don't know. I love art. I love abstract art. But whenever I see sculpture and it's like something weird like that, I'm just like no, I I, I don't know. Yeah, now like a really like I I think I, I appreciate sculpting is I I mean I could definitely get behind like watching people do it. I mean I think wow man that is that is I but I I, can, I feel like I know exactly what you're saying. Going like I don't really necessarily understand um you know the finality of a piece and and especially in abstract art it's just kind of like okay it's a couple of squares in a circle and they're floating around each other like I don't really. I don't get it, but I, I definitely understand the the talent and the time, you know, of trying to make something uh, in the ways that they do. Yeah, and like classical sculpture, like people like making like of, statues of and things. That's that's different. Like, they're, they're, I, I get that a lot better. And like you said, I get that these people are talented, but like I've just seen some sculpture. I'm like, okay, it's a it's a stick that's painted blue on one side and red on the other. Like, cool. <laughs> Nice, nice, I guess. <clears throat> yeah. I avoid sculpture a little bit when I go to art museums. Unless it's like classical marble. Like, mar- there's some insane stuff that people have done with marble. Oh, yeah. Like, just ridiculous level of, like, detail. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, that's not what they're looking at here. Uh, I wish I remembered his name. I never can. But there's this, um, like, really famous black artist. Um, he's famous for, like, uh, drawing, like, black men and women as like historical figures and giving them like huge giant portraits in like classical styles. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget his name, but he had an entire exhibit of um, important black people throughout history um, as like church stained glass. Oh, that's cool. Huh. It was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. It was, it was incredible. I've actually accidentally been to his exhibit three times. <laughs> Accident. Wow. I, it, it sounds was, like you're stalking the man Chan. it was on exhibit when i went to the moma um oklahoma city and once in denver so <laughs> I, i've seen his exhibit just randomly three, three times. times how fun and i don't remember his name it sounds like you need to find him and, and, and go to an open you, maybe it's time to meet him yeah hi i've seen your thing three times on accident <laughs> <laughs> big fan <laughs> I love the saints and the the stained, stained glass. glass. It's cool. <laughs> I can get behind that stuff all day because I get 
like I get what's happening there. Uh-huh. Like I get the message that's being right. sent. It's it's clear. Yeah, but like sculpture like this, which is a real thing. So they're just like I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's lost on me too. But it's not lost on Eric. No, and he but he has this conversation with Alan, and then there's like this. Oh, I would love to get your take on this piece. Uh-huh. So they go, and then Corey looks, and the name of the sculpture is like monkey with coconut. Yeah. Probably, probably the first part of like these threes together scene I've liked in this entire episode is when Corey looks at that plaque and then smiles really big because he's happy for his brother. Uh-huh. It's like, oh, dang. What we missed is Eric actually goes there all the time. Yeah. <laughs> he's talked to him the museum staff and whatever about the. So we already knew he cheated. <laughs> Eric cheated. Um, yeah. And then we get the little tag at the end rounds taking down the basketball goal. I guess things for aren't. For some reason. Still. Um, he's like it's, it's only caused trouble and he's talking with Morgan just like we talk right yeah we do things together right uh huh we have a good relationship yeah it's like, I should have had all girls yeah <laughs> as if he can control that yeah <laughs> it's very it's it's funny though sure it is I uh, found it quite amusing I don't like Alan I mean I've liked Alan in certain episodes <laughs> do not like him in this episode we could tell um I find Alan a whiny ignorant brat through <laughs> most of this who raised two boys who are whiny brats <laughs> so the matthews people are not amusing to me in the slightest sorry you feel that way but i do think there are some heartstrings that i'm just missing like fondness for those fights with fathers and those like those growing experiences that people have with their father I've just never had. So I kind of understand why I have a much more negative take on this episode. Mm -hmm. Just like Sean, you're deeply, tragically broken. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) I'm deeply, tragically broken. And these suburban white people whining because they can't play basketball annoys the crap out of (laughs) me. It just shows how... Uh, you know how how great the show is as at identifying with all of its viewers in many different ways. Mm-hmm. Just really accessible by all people, all walks of life. <laughs> um, man, I think that's it, right? Does that, mm-hmm. Did we miss anything that anyone wants to talk about? That's it. I don't think so. All right, put it to bed. Ratings, Cameron. I gave it an eight and a half. Oh wow, that's so high. Okay, and I thought that before you said you didn't like it. <laughs> this isn't me trying to counter anything. No, I I really liked it too. I said I'd said an eight. Uh, so Cameron's a little higher than I am, but I I mean I think it was one of my favorites this season. Wow, wow! I like. I thought the playing scene was really good. The art museum. Sure, there's some whininess, but there's some growth. Is there? We don't know. <laughs> Doesn't I don't know. You know, final scene. What was, of- what was also interesting, I think, though, is that. Watching it, watching it this time around, this last couple of times around, I think it's probably the first time I've seen this episode as a father instead of watching it as a son, if that makes sense. So, mm-hmm. you know, prior, prior, it was always like I'm watching this from the perspective of Corey or Eric, you know, in the midst of this encounter. And this time it was kind of like, oh, I can see this from the perspective of Alan, which was almost just really weird and different, you know, as far as my take was um, of thinking, well, you know, do I do that? Do I, 
you know, I've got four boys. And so I'm going, am I doing well at making sure that I'm evenly spending good quality time with, you know, all four of my boys and, and doing, you know, outside of even just my daughter, Abby. And I know I give her more time than any of them because, you know, she's 15 and, you know, a little bit more eager uh, than they are at, at their ages. Um, but, uh, but I definitely could see it as a problem, you know, the universal problem of, you know, the cat in the cradle. Like it's just kind of has that whole, you know, feel to it. Um, I am becoming a father, but I am not one at the moment. Mm-hmm. I mean, kind of, I spend every day with the kid, <laughs> yeah. but he's an only child. So I guess I still haven't learned that. Yeah, you still only have to share your coconut with one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and I don't have any fondness for my relationship with my father. So. Yeah. So I'm going to give it a five. Okay. I'm going to give it two points for Sean, two points for Jack, and one point for Feeney. <laughs> and the rest of it gets a zero. Bummer. Goose egg. Zero. No fun. But that's okay. Point oh one percent of a point for the smile at the very end. <laughs> so if we're talking MVP, you probably think Alan. <laughs> yeah, definitely Alan. If there's no Alan... There's no episode. I, that that is true. That is true. But my point may still be: could that be better? <laughs> but if there's no Alan, there's no roommate situation. There's no four day cage match between Sean and Jack. Yeah, and we could have just spent thirty minutes watching Sean sleep talk. <laughs> <laughs> what happens after his hands on fire? <laughs> Um, we want to know. Um, I will vote for Sean, but then let you two discuss who the real one is. I also think Sean, actually. <laughs> really? Mm-hmm. What What made you say Sean, Cameron? Just out um, of curiosity. I think it is just sort of, I mean, one, the comedy. Um, but I feel like he just brings a levity kind of to the episode. Um, his like storyline with Jack is really good and like fun, but also interesting. Um, he has a pig living in his room. <laughs> Which I just think is really interesting. I think yeah. the end where Sean is like, I've been waiting 17 years to do this. I think it's very heartwarming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it really was an episode. Interestingly enough, it was an episode about brothers. Like, and and you have both. I mean, I guess that's kind of a show as it gets to this part. But really, you know, the interchange of. Um, you know, how a, a dad deals with brothers and how brothers deal with brothers. And then you have these two brothers that didn't have the opportunity to grow up as brothers and go backward to be able to be the brothers they were, you know? Uh, so it is, it is, it would, I, I don't know. Overall, I just think it was really an interesting and well-written and fun episode to, to think about, you know, those different relationships and how they differed. Um, mm-hmm. But uh I was actually going to give it to Amy, I think, just because she kind of is the thing that she was always in the right place at the right time. You know, she's out there taking care of her man every time he fell down. You know, <laughs> she gets him wound up, figures things out. You know, their form at the end ties it all together, shows her worth as a good wife and supporter and, uh, and you know, and help, helps him to kind of bring it home. So, you know, you got to give it to Amy. Amy every once in a while. I don't, I don't know. Sometimes she's a little overlooked. You know, she needs to have that that cred for uh, for for bringing it home. So, yeah, I was actually thinking the other day, who did we give MVP to in the Amy goes to college episode? Amy, did we? It should have been. I really, th- I think we did. I don't remember. What I don't remember what the other plot of that is. That the you all of your all of your fans are going back to check right this minute. They are pausing the podcast right now to go back and check if you gave her MVP. I so, really think we did. I hope you're right. I hope we did because I can't, 
even remember the A plot of that episode. I can't either. (laughs) So it must not have been much. (laughs) Kind of want to go see. It probably won't even think. When you're in post, when you're in post, Cameron, you can just go back to that episode. Just cut that snippet out. We did it. Um, Is Missy Robinson the top of just in a trailer? That's weird. That is weird. Missy Robinson, a very important character. Yeah, she pops up all the time. Why is it so slow? Uh, season five. I, I literally cannot remember. I don't know why it's not. I mean, why do you stink so bad? There. I got you. I got you. Um, this is just really exciting audio. Mm-hmm. Is it How to Succeed in Business? Oh, which is a Pembroke. No guts, no Corey. Uh-huh. I think it is. It had to have been. Oh, I think we give it to yes, Sean. Yes, it is. That one. No, we had to have given it to Amy. If we didn't give it to Amy, we should have. I think we gave it to Sean. If we didn't, we're sorry. Yes. Too late now. As a spokesperson for Amy on this episode, I accept your apology. Thank you for being so reasonable. But that being said, on this episode, I can't give it to Amy. I was so fed up with Alan in this episode, and a second pep talk for Alan was just like, I couldn't even. He couldn't even. And the name of this episode is what? Boy Meets. Oh, it has to be about Corey, doesn't it? Boy Meets Father Smiting 101. <laughs> I can't dig it. Boy Meets Father Smiting. Boy meets, boy meets Two Monkeys with a Coconut. Yeah. yeah. That's probably better. Mm-hmm. Darn it. I like Father boy Smiter. Meets. <laughs> boy we meets. can name our episode Boys Meet Father Smiter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That'll work. <clears throat> Boy meets two monkeys and a coconut. Yeah. Boy meets two monkeys and a coconut. All right. We did it. There it is. We did it. We've done the whole thing. That's the whole thing. Um, We got Luke here. It's been great. Mm -hmm. This is one that I knew we were going to have disagreements on as I was watching it. I'm like, oh, they're going to like this. (laughs) Good read on us. Good Um, read on us. We've gotten lots of, uh, well, lots for us anyway interactions on twitter uh with trent black uh hi-fi mike agent silva um and we're just we're just so grateful for all of you uh kendall uh mm-hmm. voted for the smallville logo being our oh, that was who did it yeah i think so so She's on twitter i think so it may be a different kendall that's, yeah, that's not her oh it's yeah, a, that's a different kendall it's a different kendall i was like that's weird mm. we're i made a new i made up a new logo to replace our current logo it just looked a little sharper, and but the fans you, were. You got a no go on the current logo. Yeah, from the from the fans. I mean, ours wow. is charming. I feel. I just wanted something a little sharper, but if we were digital artists and could uh-huh, do it, and could do it, but we're not. We're not. It's almost as if you, if only you knew somebody that did that type of work. If only <laughs> he was on the phone. <laughs> he's on the Zoom with us right now. I mean, you wanna you wanna mess around with the logo for us? We will. Listen, we will I use already. It. I told you that I already knew I was getting you. So you owe it's us a, a gift. Gift. <laughs> I do owe you one. It's the law. I, well, I'd originally thought it was going to be a, a cassette tape of trailer tra- of, of the trailer park um, sounds. But, I will uh, use it. I'm pretty sure I could make you that. Like that would not be a hard thing to do. Uh, <laughs> if if Sean if Sean is sleep talking in the background. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Very good. I'm going to the store to get some eggs. Rub two eggs together, you get a spark. <laughs> My hand is on fire. Please put it out. 
So, Luke, yeah. here at the end of our show, where can people find you? Is there anywhere they could look you up? Or I mean, yeah, I mean, generally, you we've talked about speaking up productions several times, and uh, you know, as I've been on for previous things, so you can always check us out there. We're on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube, and um, um, you know, we're generally up to doing something silly, or you know, there's a lot of funny videos there. Um, we recently started working on a TikTok presence, but we haven't really developed any of that yet. So if you stay tuned, maybe next time, if there is a next time I'm on, we'll, oh, there uh, will be we'll talk time. more about that. So oh, when we get to, oh. when we get to college, I'm excited. Mm-hmm. College <laughs> game day, baby. Woo woo. <laughs> what was yeah. the second episode you were on? Was it the Sean? He's the trailer park. It was, yeah, it was the one where the, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we were, we had uh, the tape recorder, or no, the video camera. That's when we undercovered the, uh, the issues they have with the camcorder, so. Mm-hmm. We needed him because he's got that experience with video. Actually, yes. you've kind of been on very brotherly episodes. The the Jason-Eric brother dynamic, mm-hmm. brothers from another mother, then that one, now this one. We have to find a mm-hmm. brotherly sixth season episode. Now, did we... Did we record two the first time I was on, or did we only record one? Yeah, you had the you were on the two when we were doing two at a time, and it was right. the Desiree the, the saga. The that's Desiree right. Epic. That's right, right, uh-huh. right. Yeah, Desiree. That was when we uncovered the issues with Desiree. Yeah. Oh, Desiree. Yeah, that was a good episode. I was about to say, I wonder All what right. she's up to, but we know. Yeah, we know what she's up to. <laughs> Luke cracked it. Did. <laughs> You know, right where she is. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, you can find us. And if on... you don't know, go back and listen. Yeah. Go check know. out that episode. Go yeah. check out that episode. That was our very first guest episode. We've had so many. Since. I think that's what it's called. Boys meet their first guest. Yeah. I think so. <laughs> With yeah. And uh, man, kind of nostalgic for Desiree these days. <laughs> that's not true. I really like season five. Uh-huh. And I'm going to like season five more. I know it. There's good stuff coming. There's we had this exact stuff. same conversation last week. I know. I just feel bad because everyone loves season five so much. We've been probably negative on more episodes than we've been positive. This one was kind of a... This is a half and half. It's a halfer. Yeah. Um, we do want to say thank you to Dizzy Parker for our theme song. So you can click the link in the episode's description and find all of his... That that particular video and all of his other wonderful stuff from there. Um be sure to check us out on Twitter and Instagram at BG World Fever mm-hmm. or send us an email at bgworldfever at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And we will maybe read it on the air, perhaps. Perhaps not. Yeah. It's a mystery. I, I bet we would. Probably would. I bet we would. Uh, rate us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Mm-hmm. All um, podcasts. Yeah, it really helps people find the show. Mm-hmm. It really does. And uh, I think that's all I've got. That's all I've got. So from all of us here at Boy Meets World Fever, so long world, so long world. When the storm is world.